the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $10 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. Roster brought to you by Coors Light. Get Mountain Cold refreshment delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com SGP. That's CoorsLight.com SGP. Roster brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Roster brought to you by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $40,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And we're giving away $500 in our NFL Draft Props Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft or click the contest tab in the SGPN app. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, April 26th, currently 1140 on the East Coast, here to break down everything that we saw in the NBA playoffs on Monday night, as well as dig into the games for Tuesday night. And here to help me do all that, the man that does it both on and off the court for SGPN, as well as hosting his own YouTube show daily, Cashing winners left and right. My main man, Scott Reichel, who just confirmed to me he handles his liquor really well last night at the Nets game. But, Scott, how you doing, my man? I'm doing okay. I swept the board yesterday, which was nice. Yep. Even though I was at the Nets game, I still thought Boston would win. The truth is, I didn't think Scott Foster was that bad last night, which was annoying for me because <laughs> I was hoping he would be awful in favor of the Nets. But I know Tatum fouled out. It was a questionable sixth foul. Yeah, And people are going, the Nets blew it after that. They were down five at the time. So it wasn't like it was – they already had a deficit they had to make up. They just weren't mm-hmm. able to make that up. But I thought Scott Foster was okay. It seemed like Boston got a decent amount of calls in the first half that I thought were pretty questionable, mm-hmm. which I don't want to say swayed the game because Boston, I think, would have won anyway. Yeah. But there wasn't any noticeable moments for me where I looked and said, that's the Scott Foster I know and love. Like, that did not happen. Even the sixth foul on Tatum, Scott mm-hmm. Foster didn't make that call. I, I believe that was the – I'm trying to think who that was. Was that Sean Wright, I think, who made that call? I think so, yeah. So either way, I know that you can argue that he's part of the crew and everything like that, but it seemed like the the whistles were actually in favor of Boston, which was a bit surprising. But as mm-hmm. a whole, game was close. KD scored 39 points on 31 shots. I mean, I expected him to chuck the ball a lot more. He did. Yeah. Uh, he missed a couple of really dumb three-point attempts in the final minute or so. Mm-hmm. I get you want to tie the game. There's 20 on the shot clock. Calm down. You yeah. don't have to take those. And then he missed the free throw at the end. But Claxton went one for 11 from the foul line. I saw all of them. It was definitely <laughs> an experience. And, yeah, they lost. There's really not much more to add. Uh, team consisted of a bunch of small guards who are trying to guard Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Yeah. And shockingly, they got whatever they wanted the entire game. And Marcus Smart was great as well. Uh, I know that Marcus Smart had the very questionable layup attempt there after Katie missed the free throw. 
with no shot clock. I'm kind of curious what the hell he was doing on that one. Yeah. It worked out because Horford got the rebound and the putback, but still it was a good game. You know, Simmons wasn't there. I was disappointed. I was looking forward to seeing what outfit he was going to wear on the bench. Oh, he wasn't. I haven't even noticed that. I he wasn't there. Oh, wow. He just straight up didn't show up. So yeah, I, that was definitely something else, but it just felt like even though the net season was unraveling, mm-hmm. you couldn't try to find any minutes for Kessel or Edwards or Cam Thomas or anybody that's six four or yeah. six five that could maybe guard Brown or Tatum. I know that they're basically impossible to guard, but mm-hmm. you're gonna throw Patty Mills and Dragic and Seth Curry on them. We are, we've seen this experiment for three straight games. You might want to yeah. try to bring some new faces in and yeah. see what happens. Mm-hmm. I thought Blake Griffin was okay. He missed a couple of threes, but he provided energy, which is what you could really ask for. But yeah, the game was kind of how I thought it would go. Competitive loss. Celtics won. They dominated the third quarter again, which I expected. So Boston covered the third quarter as well. Yeah. uh, Besides that, Toronto, I liked first quarter. They Mm -hmm. won. They won the full game. We talked about that. I'm sure we'll get to that whole series in a minute. Yeah. And then we also uh, liked the Mavericks last night. That was my favorite play. And they crushed them. So I swept yeah. the board. Can't complain there, but I watched my team die. So there it is. Yeah, I think that you already had the expectation that they were going to lose this entire or lose a series and, and you know, go down to Boston. So um, but glad you at least you got to get out for a playoff game. I'm sure that was a lot of fun. Um, I've gone to two games this season, including the playoffs. I think KD's averaging about 41 points per game. Okay. Well, then so. maybe you should get season tickets and start going to every game. He might win MVP if I do that. Yeah, and then we'll put in some MVP tickets for next season if he's able to do that and stay healthy. Uh, but yeah, uh, Boston takes care of business against Brooklyn. They're on to the second round, sweep the Nets 4-0. Uh, not much else to kind of take away from this series. Uh, some interesting comments from Kyrie after the game, but we'll get to that in the offseason with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and, and what they decide to do. Um, as, as far as what I saw reports yesterday that they want to keep Steve Nash and Kevin Durant has the support, but I think that's a conversation for the off season. And then, um, yeah, we'll dive into that uh, Sixers and the Raptors game. And this was what pretty much a wire to wire win for the Raptors. Um, they came out and I think we hit the handicap that if they want to come out and win this game, they're gonna have to come out and punch them in the mouth in the first quarter. And they did exactly that. It pretty much led throughout this uh, entire game. Um, you're concerned it's, now. It's happening. It's happening, right? It's happening. Yeah, it's happening. As soon as they won, Toronto did game four. I said, okay, three to one. It's kind of like that 28 to three connotation from the Super Bowl when the Patriots came back. Doc Rivers in three one. It's it's not looking good right now, but I think it was even before game four. Truth is, once Embiid came out with the torn ligament in his finger, I thought that they actually had problems. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like I I, I wasn't watching this game in particular. I was keeping track of the score because I was watching the Nets game. I I was at the Nets game, so I missed I missed pretty much the entire. Yeah, I don't think he had the uh, the tape on his finger unless he took it off when he went to the bench uh, in the fourth quarter. But he wasn't I mean, he wasn't too bad. I mean, he wasn't efficient. He was seven to 15. It's not very Joel Embiid esque. He did the point. The point is the 15 shot attempts. I mean, you're hoping Embiid gets you either 20 shot attempts minimum or he gets you 15 mixed in with about 12, 13 free throws. Yeah. He attempted six. Mm-hmm. Like th- yeah. that's not going to fly. And Harden only attempted six as well. So yeah, they kind of swallowed the whistles last night. They did get 20 shot, att- sorry, free throws attempts compared to 13 for the Toronto Raptors. But again, give the Raptors a lot of credit for what they were able to do last night. Despite shooting eight of 31 from the floor, they played some phenomenal defense. I think um, from three. 
I'm sorry, from three. I'm sorry. Eight of 31 from three point land uh, where the Raptors, the uh, Sixers finished 10 of 37. Just not a great shooting night around for the Sixers. They finished 38% from the floor. How do you uh, no show a game at home? That, yeah, right. It happens think, every year with Doc Rivers. How do you no show a game at home? I don't know. And especially like you think you would think that James Harden, he's he's injured for sure. We know that. But yeah. And, and when he's not, he's haven't been very effective from the floor all series long. You know, we can talk about the injury and things like that. But now with Joel Embiid dealing with that torn ligament, are we even going to think that they're going to win this series now? Being down three games or up three to two, you're heading back to Toronto now. And I'm pretty sure they didn't want to go back. They're going to lose. They're going to lose game six. Yeah. And now we're going to get a game seven in Philly and you know where our money's probably going to be on the Toronto Raptors in this, in that game for sure. So I'm trying to think of I'm better off betting each individual game or betting Toronto at six to one, because mm-hmm. I'm not even sure a two game parlay with an open attached to it. Yeah. Would even pay out six to one. I don't know. What, I don't, cause I know if you're looking at game of six right now, Toronto's about plus one and a half. Right. So it's close to even money which means if you're going to actually find a two-pick parlay that pays out six to one or better, mm-hmm. you need Philly to be favored by about seven points in game seven. And I don't think they're going to be favored by seven in game seven. Do you? I don't think so. It'd probably be around, what, maybe a adjustment of to four and a half, five maybe. But then you're looking at roughly a plus, hell, 200 money line parlayed with a plus 100 money line. Yeah. That's not paying out six to one. It's about five to one. That's what so I'm saying. Which, you yeah, need Philly just to be favored six. by about seven. Yeah. For or like six or something for that money line parlay to actually pay that out. I think the move might actually be to take the Raptors in the series now because I really wonder how the markets can adjust for game seven when Philly's lost three in a row. And do you think the markets account for Doc Rivers' history of choking? Does that play a factor? I don't know. I don't think, I don't it think has. so. Yeah. Because right now you could get the Raptors in to win in seven at plus six hundred, but on their series price they're plus five fifty. So uh, definitely, uh, definitely shop around for that for sure uh, on this series. But Scott, do you think they're winning the series, the Sixers? No, I don't. Okay, but uh, once again, I'm not going to completely throw you know them out because you still have a home game in Game Seven, and Toronto still missing Van Vliet. I know they look pretty good without him. Offensively, I think they're better they're still, off without him. Offensively, Honestly. they're still not very good. Yeah. But defensively, Toronto put the clamps down, mm-hmm. which I think is where Van Vliet's absence might have been the most noticeable. Yeah. No offense to Van Vliet. He's undersized. He's right. going to have a hard time guarding people like Maxi, for example. So I do mm-hmm. think that Van Vliet could be a bit of a target. He has active hands, but he's still undersized. So, you know, you got to at least pick, you got to cut your losses there with Van Vliet on defense. But with him being out, you could afford to go a little bit bigger mm-hmm. we saw yesterday they really didn't have a point guard they trend jr barnes ananobi siakam and birch you had a chew on the bench you had boucher mm-hmm. those are some pretty good defensive players yeah so it seems like toronto with van vliet out has really just become even more physical defensively mm-hmm. and we've seen philly crumble whenever they face resistance of the physical variety but do i think they're going to win game six no I think they're going to lose game six and then game seven. I know Philly's at home, but you know, the crowd is going to quickly turn on the Sixers in game seven. If Toronto jumps out to an early lead, (laughs) it's going to happen. And when it comes to pressure, 
there is no pressure on Toronto. No. Van Vliet's injured, and even if, you know, you think they might be better without him, public mm-hmm. perception, Van Vliet's an all-star, you know, you're missing an all-star, you're not supposed to win the series, and nobody's ever come back from 3-0 down. So mm-hmm. all the pressure with every passing minute of game time is on Philly. And Shaq and Chuck on Inside the, MB- on Inside the NBA uh-huh. said that it's a must-win game for Philly in game six. Yeah. I'm not going that far. Because okay. winning a road playoff game, I think calling a must-win is kind of absurd mm-hmm. when it's not elimination. But mm-hmm. I do believe that the underlying theme behind that statement is true, which is that the longer this series goes on, the more likely Philly's going to choke. Right. I and not even that. just based on math, just based on actual emotions. Yeah. Because Embiid, whether he wants to admit it or not, and, and Tobias, it was last year. Like, they've been here before. Yeah. And not in the good way. They've yeah. been here before. I'm sure that they've been thinking about it. They, you just, have to start thinking about it. You do. You? But if you're the Phillies front office, I know they're not going to let go of Doc Rivers, but... Not mid-series. They should, but they're not going to. No, in the uh, like, after the season's over. Oh, they lose, he's gone. You think so? He's done. I think so, so too. 100% he's done. I think so, you too. cannot blow a 3-1 lead and a 3-0 lead in back-to-back years and keep your job. That can't yeah. happen. Yeah, and I, I still think that he's the most overrated coach in, in, in NBA history. Oh, no, he is. Even if yeah. they win the series, he's the most overrated coach of all time. But yeah. um, if he actually blows this, he's still going to be in the Hall of Fame because he's got all the wins, and that's going to count for something. He only has no one title. I ever considered him a Hall of Fame caliber coach. He's not. like He only has one title, which was beyond what that was that first year with the big three with KG, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen. And Alronda. That big three underachieved. Yeah, because they won in seven, right, against the Lakers, was it? Well, the point is that they won. Yeah. It might have been in six that year. Okay. But I'm saying they underachieved because you get together three surefire Hall of Famers. I know LeBron showed up. Yeah. You assume you're going to win at least two titles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think, again, if you're a Philly fan, shout out to Sean. I would be very, very nervous right now because the Raptors do have all the momentum. So, uh, Philly fans can, yeah, Philly fans can claim that they're fine. Yeah. There's no way any of them are sleeping. <laughs> it, it, it's even the players. There's no way Embiid and everyone went home last night, yeah. take normal rest, saying we got to head back to Toronto. Yeah. Like there, there's definitely some long nights up ahead for Philly. It's that one gif there. You, there's a kid that's on the swing and there's like a fire in the background by yeah. the playground. That's what's going on right now with Philly. I was but. thinking more of the dog meme with the fire in the background of the kitchen and the guy's going, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. entire thing's like on fire around them. Like that's that's the meme I'm getting from the situation. <laughs> uh, last night, uh, the last game of the night where uh, me, you, and Terrell absolutely uh, crushed it on the pick was the Mavericks. Uh, you guys locked up the minus three. I took the alternate line of minus five. I should have bought up a little more, but didn't want to get greedy. But they, again, they just came out first quarter wire to wire win. Defensively, they were great. They held uh, Utah Jazz at their worst shooting performance and playoff history, possibly, other than that game against Chicago where they scored like 54 points. I mean, way back I mean Utah won three for 30 from three. Like, yeah. That's historically inept. Yeah, close to Rockets 0-27 from a few seasons ago. So, um, But, I mean, I don't really have much for this series, uh, Scott. You and I, you, uh, you, myself, and Terrell all said that Dallas is going to win this series with, or it was going to be without Luka or with Luka. And they're one game away from doing that. 
Um, this is probably the last time we're seeing Donovan Mitchell in a Utah Jazz uniform. I, I do have anything else for this series other than the Dallas should go into Utah and take care of business. I already bet. I already bet Dallas. Yeah. I, I bet Dallas. It's a no brainer. You mentioned it might be the last time we've seen Mitchell. I think that was last night because he injured his hamstring. I don't think he's playing. Oh, wow. I didn't catch that guy. I, Down I 28 points, off. he injured his hamstring. Okay. And he came out of the game. We've seen the hamstring issues with Booker. Uh, I know Middleton was more of a knee issue, but we've seen mm-hmm. the leg issues. And the fact that it happened in the second half mm-hmm. means you couldn't even really have time during the game to even half take care of it. I don't think Mitchell's playing. Okay. It, it, lo- it didn't look good. He, he kind of had a Booker grab there of the hamstring. I don't think he's going to play. Yeah, I don't think it matters if he does, because yeah. even if he plays hell with one day off or two, he'll he'll be at like fifty percent. I don't think it's going to matter because I think Dallas is going to go in there and win anyway. But if Mitchell's yeah. even compromised, this team has no scoring options, and that's been the case we've made all series long. Mm-hmm. And they barely got to seventy last night. Yeah, I they, agree. And they had an all-time bad three-point shooting night, but they cannot create off the dribble. You have Clarkson, and you have Mitchell. And Boyan can shoot, can't really create that much. Mm-hmm. Connolly's cooked. And you have a couple of standstill guys, like a Royce O'Neal, or you throw in House, who I don't think any of us like, but he's still playing a decent amount of minutes. Yeah. And Gobert, we know, has no offensive talent. So mm-hmm. Dallas put the clamps down, and Utah still can't guard the three-point line. And Luka, in two straight games since injury, he's averaging over 30 points per game. Yeah, I think Utah's screwed. Yeah, I think they're done as well. So, um, yeah, I locked in that Dallas Mavericks bet right now as well. I'll see a minus one. Uh, anything else from last night? Wait, wait, we... what, what do you see Dallas at? Minus one. I saw him at plus one and a half last night, which means that I'm Maybe assuming a lot of people out. started to think that Mitchell's not going to play because that's a two-point line move overnight. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else I from got, last night? I was night? thrilled at one and a half. I was shocked it was one and a half. Yeah, I get. Yeah, because you're right. I, I'm just seeing the opening line from last night. Yeah, you're right. It was at one and a half, and then it moved. It's at. I see a minus one. And I see, I'm starting to see a minus one and a half as well. Just saying that that's about a three point line switch. Yeah, it's a three point line movement with a favorite switching. Yeah, which means everybody's on Dallas for Game Six, which right. makes me believe that Mitchell's not going to play. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything else from last night, Scott? That you want to mention before we take a break, and then we'll dive into the Tuesday games. Or sorry, well, yeah, the games tonight. I guess the one thing that we got to talk about, of course, we can talk briefly about how Boston opened up as a minus 200 favorite against Milwaukee, which I find fascinating. I think Boston's going to win the series, but minus 200 does seem a little bit steep. I'm guessing the argument is Middleton probably misses the first couple games. Right. It's priced in, but we'll see how that series goes in uh, in its own right. But I think the one thing we got to talk about, just to go back to the Philly series for a second, Mm -hmm. what do you do? Are there any adjustments that you could fully make, or does the whole team just look shot right now? I just think you're shot right now. I mean, look, you had a 3-0 lead. You lost. Okay, I understand that Raptors got – like last night was the game for them to go out and like put in all an effort and just win the game, win the series, and now you get some you know rest for James Harden. You get some rest for Joel Embiid's hand injury. But even a competitive loss would have been fine because yeah, like you're showing you were, effort. You can't no-show that game. Yeah, like right from the tip, right from the tip, this team was cooked. Uh, even at the half, they were down double digits. Going into the fourth quarter, they were down. I, I, they got to double digits. They got it down to single digits. But after that, you know, they came out and just made plays. 
uh, did the um, uh, Toronto Raptors. And again, we talked about give them credit for the defense that they did play last night um, against his Philly team. So I don't know what you do. I, I really don't. I think you, you just have to kind of rely on your superstars to step up and it's game six. You're going on the road. It's a very difficult to win on the road in the playoffs, but your stars are going to have to shine. And I think Tyrese Maxey is going to be, have to be that second score. We kind of talked about because James Harden, we, we he's injured, right? But Maxey's going to have to be, had that 25, 30 point performance for this team to win. Yeah, that, that's what I'm looking at. I was yeah. wondering why Maxi was getting less involved as the series went on. Yeah, he didn't shoot well last night. He went five for fourteen. Yeah, but you saw some bursts in there where he was able to get to the lane, hit some floaters, and because of just the fact that he's so much faster than everyone else, he can get downhill. And according to Embiid, he said the team is fine, but he also encouraged James Harden to take more shots. Yeah, which is. I guess understandable in a way because you're paying him $40 million. So you want him to shoot more, Mm -hmm. but I really think people are fully underestimating how awful Harden looks right now. Health wise. Yeah. And that's kind of the Raptors would be thrilled if Harden took 17 shots in a game. Yeah. And that's kind of been the theme for him ever since he left Houston and got traded from Houston. I mean, last, last year he was also injured, right. For the Brooklyn Nets missed the, the, series against the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. He played at the end, but he was, he had a, he had yeah. a bad, he had something torn. He was playing through it. I give him props for that, but yeah. at the end of the day, I understand why Embiid's saying that because mm-hmm. he's injured. So now he's going to need Harden and his $40 million contract to step up in these spots. Yeah. The issue, the issue is if you watch Harden on the court, mm-hmm. he's shooting about 38%. Yeah. He has no explosiveness. The burst is completely gone. Mm-hmm. And we know that because of the fact that he takes a lot of contested shots from three on the step backs, he has no lift anymore. So yeah. his jump shot mechanics are also thrown off. And I mm-hmm. feel like the problem that Philly's running into is that since Embiid clearly does not feel that comfortable, rightfully so, with the torn ligament in his finger, yeah, nobody else besides Maxi, I really think, can step up in these spots. And Tobias Harris has been pretty good. Yeah. Do I trust him creating shots? No. And you have Harden. And the truth is, I don't know what Harden's supposed to do for you besides pass. Because we know that he can't really get past defenders anymore. We know he can't really shoot anymore. He can still assist, but he also can't guard anybody. And his defense has gotten even worse since he can't move. Yeah. You can't bench Harden, or at least I don't think you can. You're not. But you I don't can. know what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Yeah, and again, this is where your coach makes his money, right? But when you have Doc Rivers on that sideline, I mean, what yeah, more can you do, right? Just forget about the coach. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, I don't I, have. I'm an trying answer. to think of what adjustments you can even make. Do you pay? Do you play Shake Milton and Jang more? Like, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do. Or Niang, I mean, not Jang. Yeah, I, I really, I don't. Know. I, I don't know. I mean, th- that's the thing. Like, I you can all point fingers at Doc Rivers, and I'm going to do it because it's fun. But <laughs> still. I'm also trying to view this. If I was the coach, what would I do? I think you would have to just run more pick and rolls with Maxi and Embiid mm-hmm. and hope Embiid gives you a 40 piece, which yeah. I'm not sure is going to happen with the injuries. Yeah. But Toronto has been running a bunch of pick and rolls against him mm-hmm. to wear down Embiid physically. Yeah. And we've seen this story year in year out where despite Embiid looking like he's in better shape this season, the stamina is always a question. And it seems like as the series has gone on, not even to mention the finger injury, he looks gassed. Yeah. And they don't have a backup. They have Paul Reed and that he's been okay, I guess. But 
I think Philly really just needs to bank on Embiid and Maxi doing most of the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. But Harden taking more shots is going to make things go from bad to worse. That is not going to help you. Yeah, and since the injury to, for, to Joel Embiid, that was at after was it after game two or game three? He hit the game-winning shot in game three with the torn ligament. Yeah. In game four onward, he had the full injury. Yeah, so since then, 21 points, 20 points, and shooting 43, 44% and then 47% last night. So Disastrous. Then yeah. You literally need him to score about 28, shooting about 50%. Yeah, and again, James Harden, like we've talked about, hasn't been great all series long. Uh, 36% from the field. Tw- Sorry, 29 and... 53, but again, Is that solution guys shooting 37% and the star player says we want to take more shots. I, I understand he's a star player based on perception and maybe you're challenging him mm-hmm. to show up in the moment. Yeah. But just watching him play, he's the last person you should want to give more shots to. It's going to be, have to be on the, uh, like Tyrese Max. He's like, he's going to go after, have to go out. Well, yeah. Max. 30, 35. For, yeah. It's going to have to be a 30 to 35 point for, for more performance. Sorry. From uh Maxi. And then hoping you get at least like 25 from Embiid and then just clamp down on defense. Like that's what you got to, got to hope for, for Philly. But even if they win this series, I mean, what, who are they playing the next year? It's going to be Boston. I mean, sorry, no, Miami, uh, Miami. Miami's, gonna Miami's going to cook them. Yeah. And then now you're going up against that defense is, which is a uh, so much better than Toronto and Toronto is what they've been able to do so far. This series, they gave up only 88 last night. Uh, uh, yeah. 102 the previous game. I think Philly fans would be thrilled if they potentially got swept by Miami, because that would imply that they did not blow a three nothing lead to Toronto. Like, yeah, they just the want to get out of the this writing's series. on the wall. Yeah, the season the season long term is over. Yeah, they're not going to win a title with Embiid with a torn ligament who needs surgery and can't get surgery. Yeah. you're not going to win the title. The ship has completely sailed. The only thing you can do now is avoid being on the wrong side of history. So uh, yeah, uh, that's it. And yeah. that's a silver lining. Yeah. It, we, we shall see the next game, I believe, is Wednesday night uh, for these two. Sorry, uh, Thursday, I think, is the next game between. Yeah, these two I'm really teams. annoyed that one of those games is not on Wednesday. I yeah. wanted that game or the Mavericks game on Wednesday. Yeah, should, one of them should have been. But I guess it's because they're incorporating maybe the a travel day. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Scott, let's take a break here. We'll come back and then we'll dive into the three games for tonight. So we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors. We're brought to you by WinBet. Make sure to get down on the WinBet's $10 win $200 promotion where a $10 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. Plus, a WinBet casino is offering 100% deposit bonus up to $1,000. And of course, don't forget to get involved in their same game parlays with the Win's own build your own bet feature. All users can receive a free $20 bet when they win, lose, or push on a three or more leg parlay with the build your own bet parlay between Thursday and Saturday. Players can take advantage of the offer on the NBA playoffs. There's so much to choose from and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit wynnbet.com and start today. Offer something to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 years or older and present in a state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're giving away $500 in our NFL Draft Props Contest. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft or click the contest tab in the SGPN app. Winner takes all. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. It's a hectic time of year. Between weddings, graduations, spring sports, and more, we're busier ever than before. 
and sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, take a second to enjoy an ice cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. Do you ever feel like you're always on? Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24 seven. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit the reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain fresh, cold mountain fresh refreshment. It's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. So when I need to take a second for myself, I reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Lights delivered straight to your door via Dursley or Instacart by going to CoorsLight.com SGP. That's CoorsLight.com SGP. And remember, always to res celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, coming off of the break. Uh, three games on the schedule tonight uh, here on Tuesday night in the NBA playoffs. We'll start it off with the first one. This one's going to be at a 7 o'clock Eastern tip. It'll be on NBA TV. Game five between the Atlanta Hawks and the Miami Heat back in South Beach as the Miami Heat up three games to one. Look to close it out against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, this line opened up. Let me see the updated numbers here. Minus seven for the Miami uh, Heat, that number is currently at minus six and a half uh, for the Miami Heat favorite on their home floor. Oh, total is at 217 and a half in this game. Scott, uh, does Miami close it out tonight? Yeah. I'm, I'm impressed that Atlanta won a game. Yeah. Good, good for them <laughs> coming from behind in the fourth quarter. We talked about it yesterday. These teams aren't even close, yeah. and they shouldn't be because it's a 1v8. Yeah, and you're not even a one v eight. It's technically a one v. Uh, they like were 10, they were at home against nine. Charlotte, so it's a one v nine. Yeah, yeah. So Atlanta's not very good, and I said this previously. It's not their fault. Their second best player is arguably Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah, they paid John Collins a bunch of money they shouldn't have paid, mm -hmm. and they're probably going to trade him. Yeah, and he also was rushed back from injury, mm -hmm. so he looked okay, I guess, in game. A four, but you know, too little, too late at that point. But Trey's in jail, yeah. And Miami realized the blueprint, which is the obvious blueprint, which is make anybody besides Trey Young make shots, yeah. And nobody else has done anything. And I find it extremely concerning as a quote when Trey Young says, "I haven't been guarded like this since high school." It's the NBA playoffs. Mm -hmm. They're gonna guard you, yeah. Like I, I don't know what that <laughs> quote is supposed to say. Well, what does that even mean? It, like, are you are you shocked that you're an all star and you're an all NBA guy and you're suddenly getting swarmed by one of the best defensive teams in the league? What does that even mean? Yeah, I think the 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 amount or the type of players and the amount of bodies that the Miami Heat have that can throw at Trey Young is it's what's I think Eric Spolster on that defense has done a great job of. And I think there's a clip that I saw on Twitter and I mentioned this on the show with Sean and Ryan yesterday was that Trey Young was bringing the ball up the floor. P.J. Tucker picked him up, I believe, like three-fourths of the uh, way down the floor. Then he got switched on to Bam. Um, and then uh, after Bam rolled off him, Jimmy Butler picked him up. So imagine having to go through those three types of uh, players. Um, 
when those three type of players are guarding you. And, and I think that for Trey Young, it's showing up in the box score, right? They're three of 11, or sorry, it was three of 11 in game four, six of 14 in game three. He had a pretty good game two. He was 10 of 20. Game one, he was one of 12. So like you mentioned, somebody else is going to have to beat him, or sorry, beat them is a mind heat. Bogdanovich hasn't really showed up like we mentioned. He had one good game. I think he had like 28 points. But other than that, there's nobody here for them. And I think that, yeah, Miami's just going to come out here and take care of business. Again, this defense is going to be smothering him all night. I expected Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam, and those guys to come out and take care of business here against the Atlanta Hawks. I really don't have much else to say. Butler's been nuts, by the way. I mean, he's gone for 30-plus the last couple of games. Ever since he missed that buzzer beater or he missed that game-winning shot attempt in that game three loss, Yeah, he's been amazing. There's mm-hmm. really not much more to add. He's really taken it to heart. Yeah. And I'm not going to blame Trey. I'm not going to blame Atlanta. The roster is just not very good. Yeah. And when it comes to defense, I don't want to compare it exactly to how Boston handled Durant, mm-hmm. but you give the star player extra attention and you dare the other guys to do something. And Atlanta's other guys aren't very good. Yeah. And, you know, last game, I was there without Kyle Lowry, who's going to be out for this game as well. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler stepped up, right? He dropped 36 points in that game. He had 10 rebounds, four assists. Uh, defensively, he was great as well. He had four steals and one block uh, for the Miami Heat. So I'm expecting kind of the same result as we saw in game one here. Uh, Scott, a, a probably I would say a victory by 15 plus points here yeah. from the Miami Heat, like a 115-91, something similar to game one. But um, I, I see I'm, the team total for Atlanta is at 105 and a half. I don't think they get to 100. I don't think so either. They've only gotten they've gotten to one uh they got to 105 in game two and they then their victory they got to 111 so they've gone over this number once yeah and that, that so, involved like a 36.4th quarter that they won the game in like i don't see that happening again yeah and that was the game where i think bogdanovich had that uh 28 point game um let me see here quickly no bogdanovich yeah no he had 18 in that game and then uh trey young went for 24 in that game and they were still 12 of 32 from the three-point line. So I like that play that in this game as well. Uh, so I think we're in agreement. Minus seven here for the Miami Heat and the under, Scott? Well, you said there were some six and a halfs. I'll take the six. Oh, and yeah, half. six and a half. I'm sorry. Over on win bet is six and a half. Yeah. I like the six and a half, and I like the under, but I don't think Atlanta is going to score that much. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move over to the next game of the night. We have the game five between the Minnesota Timberwolves and Memphis, uh, this is going to be a 7.30 Eastern tip on TNT. Uh, opening line for this game was, let me see. I don't know why it keeps on going out on my screen. Uh, minus seven for the Memphis Grizzlies. That number has come down to minus six. Currently seeing a total of 232 and a half. Um, Scott, what are we looking out for here in game five between these two teams? So I ended up losing one of my plays in the last game. I had the Timberwolves team total under 115 and a half. Mm-hmm. And Minnesota attempted 40 free throws and shot 18 of 36 from three. And they still only scored 119. So it was a bit unfortunate there. Yeah. But I'm a bit concerned because Minnesota shot that well all around and got that many free throws. And they only won by one. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how they didn't win that game by double digits. Jaw was awful. I know Bayes, I know, uh, uh, I know that Bain was unbelievable, and bro, Dylan Brooks is so bad, man. <laughs> he's so bad. I get nervous every time he shoots. He's a sing. He's a double agent for Minnesota in the series. He's a disaster. <laughs> but I also don't know why Adams came in in the final three minutes of the first quarter 
and was immediately a minus six in about four minutes. I don't know why he was on the court, <laughs> but I guess I'm going to lean to Memphis because Minnesota shot that well, and they still couldn't put Memphis away. Yeah, And I'm concerned that Minnesota is still a really dumb basketball team. They take mm-hmm. awful shots. They turn the ball over a bunch. And we've seen throughout the series, they're terribly coached. So it seems like they're coasting on sheer talent. And shout out to Towns. He had a terrible game that they lost in. They blew the massive lead. Mm-hmm. And then he came out and he played really well. So props to him. He bounced back. Edwards left the game early with a knee injury, then came back. He looked pretty good. Yeah. And D'Angelo wasn't great, but they still won the game. It seems like a very large spread. And I guess the question is, how trappy is it? Is, Me- is Memphis getting too much respect as the three seed? Or is Minnesota just overachieving up to this point? Are they going to fall back down to earth? I'm really not sure. So I'm kind of torn in the middle. But I expect Memphis to play better. It really comes down to Ja. Because Ja's been awful this entire series. Yeah. And he had 30 plus points in game one with 20 free throws attached to it, which is a joke. He had one of the worst triple doubles I've ever seen Mm -hmm. in one of the games they won that comeback game. He was awful, but he ended up with a triple double and he did nothing in the entire game four. Yeah. What's up with Ja? Besides the fact that he can't shoot jump shots. Yeah, he can't shoot. That's the number one thing with Ja right now. And I think that's something that it is going to uh, uh, improve for him throughout his career. It's going to have to improve because the amount of, um, hits that he takes driving to the basket. Uh, eventually that's going to take a toll on him or it's going to, you know, create a major injury for him, you know, hopefully not, but it, we've seen this in the past with guys, with the comparison that he gets to guys like Derek Rose and, and, you it's, know, it's offensive to Derek Rose. Yeah, it really is at this juncture. Yeah. But I mean, he's only made one three point shot out of what, let's see, 11 attempts so far in this series. Uh, he's shooting below 40% from the uh, floor. I will give him credit that he's found other ways to be involved in the game, right? He his his assists are racking yeah. up, and again, he's, give he's him passing well, but yeah, and give his teammates credits uh, for you know knocking down the shot, in particular Desmond Bain. But I think you know tonight could be a night where he does show up. But I just feel like that Desmond Bain train is going to continue for the way that he's able to get so many open looks he's against so his Minnesota, yeah, Timberwolves team, and and coming off the picks and screens. I mean, he's knocking down the shot so. I'm really torn on this game. Yeah. I I don't trust either team. I guess I trust Memphis more because I like their coach. Yeah. If we kind of like you, you nailed it. Like on the Saturday game where the Timberwolves won that game by a point, they should have won by 20. Yeah. If you just look at the pure box score, they made three more three pointers than the uh, Minnesota, sorry, than the Memphis Grizzlies. And they made 11 more free throws as well. What were the attempt disparities for free throws? 25. So yeah. 40 to 25 in favor of the yeah. Minnesota Timberwolves. So you should win that game by at least 10 points. Yeah. Right. And they were plus 11, sorry, plus 12 in the, from the free throw line. There were plus uh, nine from the three point uh, territory as well. So again, this was, should have been a game where they won by more. Um, I'll lean here with Memphis. I think they bounce back here at home tonight. Uh, I think maybe it's possible that we see what they did in game two, where this was 124.95. I mean, I don't think it'll be that big of a disparity. But I, offensively, uh, I think we'll see a better performance out of uh, John Moran and the Memphis Grizzlies here tonight. So I'll lean with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies here. Um, one play I did already lock up in this game. I took the first quarter over 59 and a half. I think it's gone over in every single quarter yeah. so far. Um, this uh, series, I think they're averaging close to 64.8 points. 
um, in the first quarter. Again, they're coming out and playing with a lot of pace. Both are number one or tied for number one amongst the 16 teams that have qualified for the NBA playoffs. So that's a trend I'm going to continue right here is the first quarter over in this game. I lost, but I'm still taking Minnesota team total under. They barely went over and they shot 18 of 36 from three and had 40 free throw attempts. And they finished with 119. So if you expect any type of regression, hell, Patrick Beverly went like four for five from three. Yeah, I was pissed. (laughs) I was so pissed watching that game, watching Beverly hit every shot. But still, it's a spot where Minnesota has consistently gotten worse shots than Memphis throughout Mm -hmm. the entire series. And Minnesota's had two games where they shot the lights out, game Mm -hmm. one and game four. Besides that, Memphis has consistently walked into about eh, 115, 118. I I mean, that's just how I look at it. So I see Memphis consistently getting better shots. Mm -hmm. And I'm concerned that Minnesota, they take a bunch of threes. They're not going to make near 50% tonight. So if I'm expecting that amount of regression, and I expect Minnesota to probably finish around 108, I think Memphis probably gets to 118. Well, I'm sorry. What did you say? What their team total was for tonight for Memphis? Uh, for for Memphis or for Minnesota? For Memphis. Uh, let me look at this. Um, here I got it. Uh, one nineteen and a half, and I see. And, uh, and what is uh Minnesota? I see a one fourteen. Also, see a one thirteen and a half as well. For Minnesota. For Minnesota, yeah. I don't think they're getting to one fifteen. Yeah. Or or one fourteen. I think they'll probably finish with one oh eight. Okay. Fair they enough. Finish with one nineteen shooting that well from three and that many free throw attempts. Yeah. Like that team total is too high. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. So uh, kind of just based off that, I feel like uh, Memphis might be the side here. Um, you know, with the first quarter being so high scoring, if you are, you know, looking at if your books do offer those live team totals, I, I think that might be a good spot to maybe even get a better number on the Minnesota Timberwolves. But um, I'm going to stick with this first quarter over. I'll lean with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies here. I do like your play on the Minnesota Timberwolves uh, team total under. Uh, it just makes a lot of sense, especially looking back at the stats from uh, game um, game four where they did get that victory. Uh, you have anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, not really. I kind of made the call during the regular season when I was watching Ja. He can't shoot. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be kind about it or in a way because – you want to give him some credit, but what do you say it was? Like one for 13 from three? One for 11 from three? One for uh, is there a one, one for one for 13 or one for 12, something like that. He's only made one. I know he has 10, uh, 10 plus attempts. C- come on, man. Like, yeah. really? And and I even, think- even mid-range, he's not great. I, we know that he's very good at finishing around the rim usually. I believe mm-hmm. he's below 50% in the series, so they've mm-hmm. done a good job protecting the rim. Yeah. And Jaws known for a spin floater which yeah. we saw a bunch of against Golden State in the play-in game last year. Yeah. And Minnesota has realized the obvious. Treat him like Westbrook, sag off by 20 feet, mm-hmm. and dare him to make a jump shot. Yeah. He can't. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the next level of his game to take, you know, to work on it and get to the next level to be a superstar in this league is you're going to have to develop a jump shot at some juncture uh, of your career, right? Because it is a jump-shooting league. It is a three-point shooting league, and – um, you know, he struggled so in this series so far, but I think that, you know, John Ryan's fully capable of, um, you know, improving his jump shot as it kind of progresses through this season. And again, shout out to John Moran, the winner of the most improved uh, player of the year award uh, in, for this season. So hey, I'm thrilled that the number two pick in the draft, who was an all star, <laughs> also turned out to be most improved when he still can't shoot. Yeah. 
Is that is that count as improvement if you if the biggest flaw in your entire game has not been improved upon in the first two years? I really think they just look kind of look at the, like the stats and your points per game and just kind of say, hey, because we we saw this with Julius Randle, we saw this with Brandon Ingram. The last season he was averaging nineteen points per game for the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. And this season he was averaging twenty seven point four. So I, I think this kind of like, oh, he improved by eight point three points per game, which is great. Right. And again, the attempts are up for him this season. His field goal percentage is up about 5% from last season. Oh, he's been extremely improved, but you, yeah. this award isn't built for superstars to win. Yeah. I understand your argument, but I mean, I don't know. It's, he's improved, but no, it, the thing I think that matters the most about this is that the most improved <laughs> should be a guy who was not a top draft pick because that implies that you came into the league with a lot of talent mm-hmm. and you were supposed to be this very, very good player. So I'm supposed to reward you for being on the trajectory you're supposed to be on as a potential franchise point guard. Yeah. I don't know how Jordan Poole doesn't win the award. He was him, in the G league. Yeah. Him or DeJounte Murray. I think would have been my two, like I think Garland also deserves serious Garland as well. Yeah. But Garland was put into that situation with all the injuries. Um, but yeah, he, he did play well as well. Garland but. was also injured in previous <clears throat> yeah. years, which is mm-hmm. why I wouldn't have given it to him. But Jordan Poole, he's the definition of what you look for for a most improved player award. He Perfect. was in the G League and now yeah. he's probably a top 40 player in the league. Yeah. In I the agree. span of a year. Like that's a, that's a tra- that's a transformation that you never see. And he should win the award for that. Yeah. If I, I was agree. voting, at least I would have voted for pool. Yep. All right. Let's take uh, one more break here, Scott. We'll come back and then we'll dive into the last game of the night between the Pelicans and the Phoenix Suns. It's a hectic time of year between weddings, graduation, spring sports, and more. We're busier than ever right now. And sometimes we forget to take a second for ourselves. So this season, take a second, and enjoy an ice cold Coors Light because you deserve a beer that's made to chill. Do you ever feel like you're always on work, friends, family, and men you'll million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24 7. sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button and that's why you reach for a Coors Light it's made to chill there's only one beer that's out there literally made to chill and that's Coors Light the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold that way you always know when it's time to chill when you need to hit the reset just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So all you gotta do is head over to CoorsLight.com SGP. That's CoorsLight.com SGP to get Coors Light delivered straight to your door via Drizzly or Instacart. And remember, to always res- celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode actually doesn't protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prowling eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're 
streaming media, whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com SGP. All right, coming off of the break, last game of the night is going to be game five between the New Orleans Pelicans and the Phoenix Suns. This series is as well tied up two to two. Uh, Pelicans got the game four victory over the Phoenix Suns to even up the series. Now we're heading back to Arizona to Phoenix for game five here tonight, 10 o'clock Eastern time start. Second game of the doubleheader on TNT. This line opened up minus six and a half for the Phoenix Suns and stayed the course over on win bet at minus six and a half. Total opened up at 215 and a half. The number has tr- uh, trickled down about a point to 214 and a half. Uh, WinBet currently has it at 215. Um, Scott, we saw in the fourth quarter the energy, the defensive energy that Jose Alvarado brought, Herb Jones brought against his Phoenix Suns team, against particular Chris Paul and, the, and their shooters, was absolutely outstanding. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure if they figured something out against uh, Chris Paul in that fourth quarter or it was just uh, – Alvarado just being a pest to him and and them getting kind of under the skin of the Phoenix Suns. But how do you see this game playing out here tonight? I think this line is insanely disrespectful. Yeah. I have no doubt Phoenix is, is laying six and a half in this spot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get it. Yeah. And the argument is it's a 1v9. I don't really care. Booker not being in the lineup means that Phoenix is not a one seed. I, I, don't, I don't care what the record is. With Booker out, this team is probably a four seed or a five. Yeah. Just how it is. And you're looking at how the series has played out. They're two evenly matched teams. And Phoenix has the experience mm-hmm. and they have some depth. But New Orleans depth is pretty good as well. And the main problem Phoenix runs into is twofold. One, they cannot guard Brandon Ingram, who's walking into 30 points every game. Yep. And Phoenix has no go-to score. With Booker being out, it is an absolute struggle to find ways to duplicate Booker's or to replicate uh, Booker's production. Mm -hmm. And the way that I see it is that if Phoenix wants to win, they need Chris Paul to have another masterpiece game. He's had two great fourth quarters, game one and game three. And when he hasn't had those quarters, they've lost the game. And I'm trying to find cases for Phoenix that home court's going to matter and that it's going to make a huge difference I don't think it's going to because New Orleans defensively has been great. Valanchunas and Aiden have kind of canceled each other out. The Suns can't com- They don't have anybody that compares to Ingram. And McCollum is arguably the second best scorer on the court. Yeah. He's also on the Pelicans. I know he's had a bad series or he hasn't had a great series, but the talent is there to make some tough baskets. Phoenix doesn't have that. Yeah. Phoenix, every possession is an absolute grind and I'm not laying six and a half points with a team I can't trust to score. This line is disrespectful. It should be closer to three and a half or four. Give me New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, I think that they did figure something out in game four against Chris Paul, and, and they were really trapping him and picking him up full court. I mean, there's multiple possessions where one, Alvarado got a steal off of the inbounds pass like he, he's been doing, and then they also uh, 
create an eight second uh, backcourt violation with Alvarado picking them up. So, you know, those little things matter, right? We talk about in the playoffs that every possession matters and for them to steal those two possessions uh, and they uh, were able to get points off of those two uh, possessions as well. So you kind of take a look at the Phoenix Suns team. You're right that I agree that they don't have a bona fide scorer after Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton has been pretty good in the absence of Devin Booker, and he's had to be. He's at, what, 28 and 23? Yeah, but Valanciunas has been putting up, like, 18 and 17. Yeah, exactly, right? And, again, the interior defense for both of these teams has not been great throughout the season and in these playoffs. But there's an edge for this Pelicans team, and I think you and I have been having conversations offline about how great Willie Green has been for this Pelicans team. And I think him being on the sideline over the past couple of years with Monty Williams and being familiar with uh, the players and their tendencies and the way they play, he's been able to use that to his advantage and get his guys in the right spots. And we say this at the beginning of the season, we were talking about the Pelicans from last that they were not a very good defensive team. But when you have those pesky guys like Alvarado, Herb Jones has been absolutely fantastic for them as well on the defensive and the pure link this guy has 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 really created problems um, for the Phoenix Suns. And then there was two plays in particular in game four where he had those two huge blocks on Mikhail Bridges when he attempted a three as well as Cameron Payne. So even um, Ingram hasn't been terrible defensively. Yeah. And, and, he's, and he's historically been an awful defensive player. Yeah. So they've kind of bought in on what Uli Green is saying that you have to buy in on the defensive end of the basketball uh, for to win games, especially in the playoffs. And you kind of take a look at back in game three where Phoenix only won that game by three points in their first game without Devin Booker. They struggled last game in game four where, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans were absolutely phenomenal. And I 100 percent agree with you on the show yesterday with Sean and Ryan. I did take the Pelicans as my dog yesterday. I took them at plus six and a half. So I agree with you about this pick. Um, these teams have kind of been shockingly trending towards the over in this game or in this series so far. But do you have any thoughts on the total here? The total is extremely misleading because there have been a ton of scramble points in the final three yeah, minutes of the last right. couple of games. Yeah. So if you want to take an undertake the first half, because mm-hmm. you've seen a lot of really ugly, uh, I'll just say final couple of minutes there for underbetters, where you've seen held 28 points in the final three minutes and 15 seconds, like a couple of overs hit because of a miracle. Yeah. So I'm not going to get discouraged from that. I expect to grind in ugly game. And Phoenix without Booker has been playing a lot slower because you have Chris Paul, who's leading the charge offensively. Mm-hmm. I got to go with the first half under. I don't see many points. Yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, let me see if I can quickly filter this to see where these teams have been averaging in the first half here. Uh, Every possession Phoenix has takes 18 seconds off the shot clock. Yeah, it does. <laughs> There was a point in game four where by the time they were getting into their half court offense, it was the shot clock was under 10 seconds. And then Chris Paul has to kind of do his dribbling and try to find a shooter or jack something up. And that's just not going to work. But who are your shooters? You have Johnson, who has been a little bit streaky. Yeah. You have Crowder, who's been okay. And you have Bridges, who can shoot. He's mostly a slasher. But once again, you have Chris Paul and Aiden as your Mm -hmm. main two scorers. And you have a lot of good all-around role players, but when you're against a lethal score like Ingram and a guy who can score in bunches at times, McCollum, you're going to have some problems if he can't score on a regular basis and they can't score on a regular basis. Yeah. 
I agree. Um, yeah, both these teams, as far as pace in the first half, are ranked uh, tied for number 13. The two teams that are 15-16, uh, no surprise to us, is the Utah Jazz and the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Um, and we've seen uh, plenty of those games uh, first half go under. I'm trying to see points per game here in the first half here. Here we go. Um, New Orleans averaging 46.8 in the first half, and Phoenix has been at 56. So um, I think you're you're right about that first half under here. Um, maybe, again, look for a live number if you want to come back and bet the over. Uh, I've done that a couple times in the series, and it's paid off very nicely. So, um, yeah, plus six and a half, and the under in the first half, uh, probably full game under as well in this game. you have anything else for this game, Scott? Uh, for the most part, no. I am curious if Chris Paul embraces the, I'd say, shooting requirement because he only had four points in the last game. So I am curious if he's going to be more aggressive. But when it comes to the actual, I'd say, props in this game, mm-hmm. I would keep looking at Valanciunas over and rebounds because yep. he's playing a bunch of minutes and he's been really good. And I'd keep looking at eight in points yep. because they really don't have many guys. And I, I love this Phoenix team. I had money in them to win the Western Conference. That was with Booker. Of course. Without Booker, this team is really, really underwhelming offensively. And it's not their fault. It's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, I agree. And speaking of picks, um, brand new sponsor of the uh, uh, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Sleeper. And if you haven't got into Sleeper, we do have a squad going for SGPN. Uh, it's pretty simple. You just get in there. You can uh, upload your fantasy leagues, whether it's NBA, whether it's MLB, NHL, but they have a new over under feature on this app. It's sleeper. Um, you get in there and you, it's pretty simple. You sign up and you just pretty much just pick an over under on your favorite players. So for tonight, my uh, three players that I have picked for my little parlay on sleeper, it's going to be just like Scott just mentioned, Jonas Valanciunas over 12 and a half rebounds. I'm also taking DeAndre Hunter's points to go over 14 and a half. He's shockingly been the leading scorer for the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs uh, so far. Again, that's uh, an, uh, a tribute, I guess we could say, to the Miami Heat's defense on Trey Young. So uh, DeAndre Hunter has gone uh, scored 15 or more points in three out of the four games so far against the Miami Heat. So I'm taking the over on DeAndre Hunter. My last one is what just Scott just mentioned, DeAndre Aiden, over 20 and a half points. Two games without uh, Devin Booker so far. He scored 23 and 28. And if you kind of put in that parlay, a $25 win will get you, if you do go all in, because here at SGPN, we're always talking about letting it ride. Um, so you go all in that $25 wager at plus 650 odds will get you $162.50. So make sure to get over and join our squad, the SGPN squad. Uh, we have a lot of guys in there. Shout out to Jake. Shout out to Eric. Um, and the fun part of it is Terrell joined us last night as well. Um, the fun part is, is that you can copy other uh, parlays from people in your squad. So You'll see, you know, Terrell's uh, three-leg parlay in there. You'll see Kramer's. You'll see Sean's. Uh, if Jake puts one in, if Eric puts one in, I can just copy it and uh, put whatever amount I want in on my on those wagers. And it's really simple. Uh, join the sleeper community. Come join us on SGP, and we have our group squad up. Uh, we will you again make sure to head over to sleeper.com, download the app. 
and make sure to use promo code SGPNBA for a uh, free hundred dollars on your deposit up to $100. So um, come join the fun. It's a lot of fun. We'll be there all throughout the playoffs uh, in the SGPN squad, having chat in there, putting in these parlays, copying each other's parlays. It's a lot of fun. So make sure to join us on that squad SGPN. Just make sure to use promo code SGPNBA over on Sleeper, the newest uh, sponsor for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's definitely a lot of fun. Um, Scott, let's take one last break here, my man. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get some final thoughts as well. We will identify our lock and dog for this Tuesday night schedule here in the NBA playoffs. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into that contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can ch- I can join my buddies contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friends' picks with the tap of a button. It's, it's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what, stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code SGPNBA and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper, then use promo code SGPNBA. That's SGPNBA. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. We're also brought to you by Athletic Greens and their AG1 supplement. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It costs you less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. AG1 supports better sleep quality and recovery and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, that's right, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash SGP. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash SGP to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well be giving away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's really that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed, your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. 
IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off the yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting 9 months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So, so go to IPVanish.com SGP and use promotional code SGP and claim your 70% in savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. All right, coming off of the break, let's get into our picks for tonight. Scott, I'm going to give you the floor first, my man, lock and dog for tonight. So for this one, I mentioned a couple of team totals that I'm tempted by, uh, either with the Hawks team total under or the Timberwolves team total under. However, I keep eyeing that six and a half uh, in Miami. And do I think Atlanta actually keeps this game close? Uh, I don't think they're going to. For me, I'm going to go with Miami. I, I think Miami minus six and a half, the line's too short. Lowry's out and you expect Atlanta to maybe show something mm-hmm. in game four. It looked like Chicago going back home for game three against Milwaukee. They rolled over and they died. Yeah, and there, there really wasn't much more to add. They no-showed. They gave up a 15-0 run in the second quarter, then gave up an 11-0 run about three minutes later. Mm-hmm. It was a complete disaster. And it seems like Atlanta, if they fall behind early, the one win they had the series was because they came from behind miraculously at home. Yeah. They're in Miami. It's not going to happen if they fall behind. I think they're going to fall behind. Trey's been in jail. He's yeah. turning the ball over six times a game. Mm-hmm. And nobody else in Atlanta has really done anything to help him. So I'm going to go with Miami. I expect Butler to go for 30-plus again. Mm-hmm. You still have Hero, still have Adebayo. You still have Tucker defensively. The bench with Struess has been solid. And even some Oladipo flashes in there have been okay. But – I'm going to delay the six and a half. I think Atlanta is going to roll over once they're down double digits. Yeah, I like that. Um, one question about this game, but I'll let you get into your dog uh, for tonight as well. Well, you can ask the question first because we're. Uh, I was looking at you're talking about team totals. What do you think of Miami's team total at around one uh, eleven and a half? I know they're right on the cusp of that, but I think this might yeah. be a game where we see Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Max Roos, those guys knocking down three point shots here tonight. I like the over. But I personally like Atlanta's team total under more. Okay. Because I've seen Atlanta's offense consistently look lost against this defense. Okay. All right. Uh, and then your dog for tonight. Uh, the dog is going to be a very, very obscure play, which I think is an auto bet because this line doesn't make any damn sense. It is the Pelicans in the third quarter. Okay. On the, on the money line at around plus 134. This line makes absolutely no sense. The Pelicans are underdogs in the third quarter. They've outscored the Suns by at least nine points in the third quarter in each of the first four games in the series. By nine, they're plus 134. This doesn't make any damn sense. (laughs) Give me the Pelicans' third quarter money line. Explain this to me. I can't. I mean, look, the numbers are backing it up, and if – I've always said this all season long. If it's something, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. And if the books keep offering you these, these out, uh, outrageous numbers and they're not catching up to this, because I think this is a market where the books are really, aren't really paying attention to. I feel like it's just a copy and paste from the previous like games. Right. And they're really not diving into the numbers. Like we do looking at every single quarter and looking at every single half, uh, you know, diving inside the box. So they're really not just doing that. They're probably just putting something on their spreadsheets, 
and then just throwing out a number, right? And and again, this is the the opportunity for you know you in particular to come out and and exploit that. So Pelicans third quarter money line, you said? Yeah. It, it, what was the number on out, Even the games they've lost, they've outscored Phoenix by nine plus points in the third quarter. Okay. I'm not going to argue I, I don't it. get it. <laughs> You're very adamant about this. I'm not, <laughs> not going to argue it. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not, it's not a matter of arguing. It's just, of course, you know, I'm thankful that the odds makers are clueless every now and then. Of course. I mentioned this yesterday with the Celtics game. Yeah. Celtics third quarter mm-hmm. plus a half. They won the third quarter again because they won the third quarter in every game of the series. Yeah. But I think what annoys me is this perception that the odds makers are some type of unbeatable force that know exactly what they're doing. They yeah. don't. They, they do when it comes to some, let's just say, very, very well-known betting options, where if you have full game spreads in the playoffs mm-hmm. for football, because they know everyone's going to bet on it. There's so much value to be found in every game if you just know where to look. Yeah. And I think what, uh, what I'm passionate about is because of the fact that a lot of people think that gambling itself is almost impossible at times. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great opportunities available. Yeah. And you just have to look. And I feel like I'm so adamant because I feel like a lot of people aren't looking hard enough. Yeah, I agree. Again, there's just there's markets that can be attacked within, you know, a lot of people just think it's, you know, money lines, totals and spreads when the books offer these, you know, first quarter, even all the way down to team totals, first quarters and and first, you know, uh, second quarter, third quarter, those lines are put up before the games even start. And again, I, I think the one underrated thing about sports betting, a lot of people don't realize is live betting. Um, because again, there, that's an opportunity that if your bet is off to a bad start, you could find a live number where you can, you know, reduce your risk or even capitalize on, on how the game flow is kind of going for either a total or a side or a spread, because we know, especially in the NBA, Scott, you agree to this, that, that NBA is, it's a game of runs, right? And we've seen this with many, many times, especially in this Minnesota and Memphis series where twice Memphis was down by 25 plus points and they came back to win the game. So you have Same those opportunities. Yeah, you have those opportunities almost in every single NBA game, especially in the playoffs. So just to recap Scott's picks for his lock, he's going with Miami minus six and a half. And then for his dog, it's going to be the Pelicans third quarter money line. That's third quarter money line plus 134 um, tonight against the Phoenix Suns. Um, for my lock, I'm going to go with that first quarter over uh, in the Minnesota and Memphis game here tonight. Again, I've talked about they're averaging about close to 64, 65 points per game uh, in that first quarter through the first four games here. Um, They are uh, number one, tied for number one in pace in the first quarter among the 16 qualifying teams. We see the defense kind of get better throughout the playoff, uh, sorry, throughout the game. But for me, I'm going to go and continue taking that over in the first quarter. Four and oh so far, 64.8 points on average in the first quarter. Uh, between these two squads, and I, I think that continues your tonight. So give me the first quarter over 60 between these two teams. And these alt spreads have been working for me. And I agree with you about the Miami Heat tonight. I think they just roll here tonight. So I'm going to take Miami Heat minus the 10 at plus 145. I think that um, they're going to win this game by double digits. Um, it's something similar to what we, saw, what we saw in game one between these two teams. Uh, Miami, again, they saw what Philly has given up right now. They've lost those games uh, and going back to a game six in uh, Atlanta, I'm pretty sure, 100% sure they do not want to do that. And we just talked about in-game and the handicap that the Miami Heat are just so much better 
on all three levels of this game and defensively, especially. I know they don't have Kyle Lowry, but that didn't matter for them in game four. In game five, they're going to look to close it out here. Look for Jimmy Butler, like Scott said, that he's probably going to want to put out another 30-plus point performance and look for the three-point shots between Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Max Strews, P.J. Tucker, for them to knock those shots down and take care of business here tonight. So I'll take an alt spread on the Miami Heat, minus 10, plus 145 as my dog for tonight. Um, that's going to do it for the NBA gambling podcast uh, today uh, for these Tuesday night games. Scott, you have anything else you want to get off your chest before we get out of here? Uh, not really. The Nets nightmare is over. So now I can actually enjoy the rest of the playoffs. I know for all of us with the Twitter posts of our plays every day, yeah. we've been crushing it. So yes. hopefully that carries uh, into the rest of the playoffs. And I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully getting some winners tonight. Yeah, uh, five and one to start the week. Scott swept the board yesterday. Terrell swept the board yesterday. Uh, I went one and one, but did hit my dog on the alt spread with the Dallas Mavericks. I, I tried to get you to pick the Celtics third. Yeah, game. I tried. Uh, I should have changed it, but yeah, you were right. <laughs> um, hopefully we continue that success here tonight as well. So definitely if you aren't following our Twitter account, our plays are posted there daily around, I think, five Eastern um it's posted there so make sure our follow our twitter account at sgpnnba uh and also leave us a rating and review for the nba gambling podcast it's much appreciated if you already have left one uh grab your wife's phone your mom dad uncle cousin son daughter anybody just leave us a nice rating and review uh it really helps us grow on the charts as well uh scott will be back with me tomorrow on the propcast we'll dive into some player props and then terrell uh, we'll be back tomorrow with myself for the NBA gambling podcast. So we're just continuing to turn out this uh, content for the NBA playoffs. And we'll be here all, all playoffs long, uh, hopefully getting more winners in your pockets and cashing those tickets. With that being said, good luck with your bets tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Ba-da-ba-da-da.